Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. I was reading with interest a, a story out of... Indianapolis, where a 17-year-old actually started to convulse, and uh, anyway, one thing led to another. He actually passed because he was a heavy marijuana smoker, and he had something related to smoking heavily, a mysterious ailment. Uh, Its acronym is CHS. It's a cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. Never heard of it, but uh, I defer to the experts and the people who have done a lot of research into the matter, including our next guest, Alex Berenson, who's been on this program before. He's a former reporter for the New York Times and author of the bestseller, Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. And Alex Berenson's back on The Oakley Show. Alex, good afternoon. Hey, John. How are you? Very good. Alex, you ever heard of this CHS? Um, I, I have heard of it. Uh, in fact, it's becoming an increasingly uh, common problem uh, uh, in fact, uh, there's there's the story that you mentioned in USA Today. The Boston Globe recently had uh, just an old two days another story about it. Um, this is uh, th- this appears to have something to do with the consumption, the regular consumption for some people of uh, of high potency cannabis. That um, uh, it's interesting because cannabis is you know reduces vomiting in some people uh, in low doses, but as you know as we're seeing with a lot of issues around cannabis, the uh, the higher dose. Uh, you know, stuff that people use today, whether that's higher, you know, high THC flower cannabis or whether that's wax and shatter, these uh, pure THC preparations seem to cause a lot of problems for people, um, it, it, even in ways that we expected, you know, that, that people sometimes say cannabis helps them. They say it helps with nausea and vomiting. But if you use if you use a lot of high potency stuff, it seems to cause uh, CHS in some people. Well, they say it's also turning up increasingly in emergency rooms. So is this, again, another one of these untold dimensions about uh, the legalization of pot or at least pot use being seen as relatively benign? Yes. I mean, it's amazing to me uh, that, um, you know, with the stories you hear, which are, uh, you know, the stories that are reported and the stories that emergency room doctors uh, say, which are that people will vomit for hours on end. um, you know, and they, 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 there's an emergency room doctor in San Diego. I actually spoke to her just uh, about two weeks ago, partly about this issue and partly about the psychosis issues. But she actually coined the term scrominate. Um And, ca- you know, cannabis users may not have heard of uh, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome or uh, CHS, but a lot of them have heard of scrominate because what that means is you're screaming and you're vomiting because it's so painful. And apparently the one thing that works for people, at least uh, temporarily, is taking really hot showers. For some reason, taking really hot showers uh, that provides relief. But as somebody said in the Boston Globe story, you get terrified because eventually your hot water runs out. <laughs> um, 
Now, why people would continue to use cannabis after this happens to them, I do not know. But why people would use cannabis as they're slipping into psychosis, I don't know. I mean, this is to me, this is more evidence that this is a dangerous drug, that it's powerfully addictive for some people, and honestly, that it confuses people. And so that so that you know that they as as their symptoms are getting worse, they will continue to use. And and you know, the case you mentioned in Indianapolis is really a terrible case because. Uh, the young man knew he was sick, and he knew that cannabis was making him sick, and he continued to use. And one day, after after I think it was after consuming the edible, he vomited it so much and, and, that he lost so much water that essentially his kidneys failed, and he died. This is a 17-year-old. Yeah, in Indianapolis, again, uh, these are some of the harrowing stories attendant to marijuana use, uh, albeit heavy use, uh, certainly as was the case, the 17-year-old was a heavy user. Alex Berenson is with us, the former reporter for the New York Times and author of the bestseller, Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. By the way, uh, not to digress here, but I got to ask because it came back to me when you were mentioning, uh, you know, some of the consequences of marijuana use. Did you see Joe Biden yesterday taking some heat on the campaign trail? Because I guess uh, he had the temerity to suggest that marijuana he still sees as a gateway drug, and he was roundly mocked for that. What did you make of that? I thought that was very interesting. I mean, so, so I have not spoken to Biden personally, but I've spoken to people who have talked to him on this issue. He's clearly aware of the dangers of marijuana. I think he's actually also aware of the uh, connection between marijuana and psychosis. But he knows that that would be an even more hot button issue, so he doesn't raise that. So he winds up talking about the gateway, uh, the gateway question. And to me, the gateway question is a bit of a sideshow, because high potency marijuana, um, or high potency cannabis, the stuff that people are using now, is dangerous all by itself. We don't have to argue whether it leads to other drug use, although it does seem to lead to other drug use in in, in many people. Um, because all by itself, you can hurt yourself. You can die. You can die from CHS. You can die from heart attacks or strokes that come after cannabis use. Believe it or not, that's a real problem. And you can certainly die from road traffic accidents and homicide and suicide that, that come after you. So, so I don't need to argue about the gateway effect, but I, I understand. I admire Biden for this. It's a very unpopular position on the American left right now. And I think for him to stand up and say he doesn't believe in federal legalization, um, that's a real act of political courage. Well, it must be in a, a, you know, a generation or a society now that uh, really does take your woke cred into account. Uh, he, <laughs> no, he's really resonating like an anachronism. Uh, but you're saying, I mean, again, we've talked about this in the past and your book really details it. Uh, People are kind of whistling past the graveyard. There are a lot of uh, mental illness and uh, violence consequences to, and do we say there's a certain point at which, I mean, if somebody's a casual smoker or whatever, uh, we might just suggest that, uh, you know, there's something that we not ought not to be too alarmed about. It's the chronic habitual users that might uh, face problems. Oh, sure. I mean, as with all drug use, there's no, you know, and alcohol use, by the way, and cigarette use, there's no question. More is more dangerous. Um, and I think, I mean, there's, there's clearly a lot of people who use cannabis. They, you know, they go to a concert once every, you know, a couple months they use. Uh, you know, they hang with their friends once a week they use. There are even people who use in the same way some people use alcohol to sort of put themselves to sleep. Um, you know, which is probably not a great idea to do every night, whether it's alcohol or cannabis. But, um, but, you know, people can use a small amount that way to put themselves to sleep. I totally understand that. Um, you know, again, maybe not a great idea, but, uh, but probably the dangers are not there. The dangers, but the, the, the problem is 
so much cannabis use is really heavy use. And in the United States, we have very good statistics on this, and we see that one person in five um, who uses cannabis, oh, actually more than one person in five in 2018, is using every day. And that's, pro- that's almost certainly a problematic pattern of use because a lot of those people are, you know, quote, unquote, wake and bakers. They're, they're using all day every day. And, and some of those people are using, uh, you know, sort of incredible amounts of THC. So uh, the problem is for the industry that so much of their revenue comes off that group of people who are using problematically. That's obviously true of alcohol, too, but I think it appears to be even more true of cannabis. Well, we had the industry, uh, certainly here in Canada, uh, took a hit last week. I mean, stocks dropped off precipitously uh, because a lot of the supply had to be returned. People weren't buying uh, certain parts uh, of their uh, menu and uh, edibles and oils, I guess. Uh, gels gels weren't selling as rapidly. This is our rollout in Canada. It's like uh, Cannabis yeah. 2.0. Uh, and there's been somewhat of a retreat off of that. To what do you ascribe that? Well, I think, I think it's fascinating. The legal industry, both in the U.S. and uh, Canada, is in real trouble. The publicly traded companies, their stocks are down hugely since last year. Um, and what it appears to be is, in both the U.S. and Canada, you have an established illicit market. Um, that illicit market, uh, you know, in many cases will deliver to people. Um, you know, if people don't feel there's really any significant risk of arrest if they buy, you know, illicitly. Uh, and so they are happy to buy the cheapest price to cannabis, whether that's the cheapest edible, whether that's the cheapest um, flower cannabis. They are happy to use their traditional illicit supplier. And so the, the legal industry has really not been able to crack that either in places like California or in Canada. And um, the only places they've been able to crack it in a significant way are states like Oregon and Colorado, which have relatively low tax rates and have allowed uh, you know, people to produce pretty easily. In high-regulation jurisdictions like Canada, the legal market's having just a terrible time competing. And that only, there's only two things that are – there's only two ways, three ways it gets resolved. One is they all go out of business, which um, I don't think the government of Canada is going to want to see happen. The, the second is the government of Canada reduces costs and regulations quite a bit. Um, and that, I guess that could happen. I don't know enough about Canadian politics to know if that's realistic. And the third thing that could happen is that industry is going to start to say, government of Canada, you have to crack down on our uh, black market competitors. And that will be an, a, a total irony if it happens, because it will mean that legalization leads to a government crackdown on cannabis. Again, with Alex Berenson. By the way, uh, what do you make of the, the vaping-related issue stateside? I think there's been over 2,000 uh, episodes now, uh, a number of deaths as well. I guess that's because they're vaping TH, the THC in the, uh, the vape is causing this? Am I wrong about that? I mean, what do you make well, of that? Well, it's, it's, it's not clear uh, whether it's THC itself that's causing it, whether it's additives. Additives will get, um, you know, put in the, in the uh, cartridges, the vape carts, as they're called, to, to make uh, uh, so that there's actually less THC, which is more expensive to produce. So people add these cheap additives, notably one called vitamin E acetate, and that seems to be problematic for people, but it might be a combination of the two. Uh, it is not clear to me yet that there's an answer for this, although I think uh, people increasingly believe it has a lot to do with this vitamin E acetate. But here's my question. When did we decide that inhaling stuff into your lungs was good for you? 
When did, when did that happen? Right. I, I missed that memo. Well, I guess, you know, it was seen as somewhat of a panacea to smoking. Uh, you know, the people who are three-pack-a-day folk, uh, they could go to this, and somehow it was considered to be a step up. But your point is well raised. And, and I, I, I do get that, but with THC and cannabis, it's sort of the opposite, because there's actually never been a proven link between smoking flower cannabis and lung cancer. So when you're vaping, you're vaping this pure product that's more dangerous for you psychiatrically and you know, why Why encourage that at all? Finally, how's the book doing? I mean, uh, we've talked now uh, on several occasions. It's been about, I don't know, six months or so since it first came to my attention. I mean, uh, are you getting support uh, for some of these premises in the book, or uh, is there a lot of resistance? Oh, there's tremendous resistance, and uh, there's, you know, and, and I get lied about, uh, and you know, the book gets lied about, and people say terrible things about me on Twitter all the time. That said... Um, you know, I'm not going to say the book has made a difference in the United States, the national debate or anything like that. I, 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 I have no idea whether that's true. And frankly, I doubt, you know, that that's true. Uh, some people tell me it's true. I, I, I'm not sure it's true. But, um, but what I will say is, uh, you know, I'm traveling a lot to, you know, to talk about the book. And I'm talking to doctors. And I talked to doctors yesterday in Nebraska. I talked to doctors in September in Ireland. I talked to doctors in October in, uh, in British Columbia. Um, you know, I'm talking to business leaders, I'm talking to politicians. Um, and I think when people hear the truth about the risks around cannabis and mental illness and the risks and the truth about what's happened to crime in the legalized states, they are very surprised. And it doesn't mean they all decide, hey, legalization is a terrible thing and we're going to oppose it. But it does mean they have a perspective that they didn't have before. And, and I feel honored to be able to help people with that, um, you know, to the extent I am. Well stated. It is a cautionary tale for sure. Again, the book is Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. Alex Berenson is its author and former reporter for the New York Times. Always a pleasure, Alex. Thanks so much. John, thank you so much. And let's just agree, if you start vomiting after using cannabis, maybe it's time to stop. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Uh, there is another cautionary tale. Very good. Alex Berenson joining thank us you. on the line from New York. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.